this episode of The Full Nerd, Tom Peterson tries to convince you to buy an art card. <laughs> he will. <laughs> Welcome to a special episode of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Tarkas. Hello, Internet. Keith May is also here to my right. Hi. And our very special guest, uh, Tom Peterson of Intel. Hello, hello, hello. Gordon, thanks for having me back. Thank you for being here. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, I'm, I'm back with, uh, with a, a slightly better knee. Uh, I, you know, I, I had knee surgery a couple Ooh. weeks ago, and, oh. and I'm back. It feels good to be back in the studio, so I'm just going to sit down for this interview. No, That's good. No standing well, up. Just kidding. And we, what <laughs> an interview we're going so Oh, really? All things in balance. Oh, oh yeah. No. I, I gave you my bad one. <laughs> Do you want to say what yeah. happened, or is that secret? Oh, no. I, I, had, a, I had a torn meniscus, oh. uh, so I'd go in there and... Uh, so recovery has actually, actually been pretty damn good. Yeah. So yeah. was it carrying a video card or something or just handing kind of like, I know, you know, all these like art cards like... that I was, you know, had in my backpack were if just, you need an art card. I'm going to hook you up. Oh no, man. It's, it's, it's too much, too much on my, on my back and my knees. Sorry. I understand. I understand. <laughs> he was playing his steam deck while walking. You might. Exactly. Yeah. Too much steam deck. <laughs> but we, we are here to talk about art cards, right, Gordon? We are indeed. Uh, in fact, I have a lot of questions. I I don't think we can get to all of them. I I want to. I also don't want to steal all the time for um uh, Brad and Keith. But since I'm here live with Tom, I'm going to ask you top question. Last time you were here, a few months ago, well, like July. Got no, was no, no. That? It was more like November. Or maybe November. Yeah. We o- October. We had an interview, and I basically at the time, you know, Arc on desktop had launched had launched in the U.S. I'd asked you. You know, honestly, at this point, I could never recommend ARC for the first-time builder. For a kid, you know, like a 14-year-old building the first box, like, should I buy ARC? Should I buy a different brand? And I was like, I would definitely say no. And I wanted to know what your response was to try to change my mind. And your response was not what I expected. What, what did I say? You basically, if I remember, <laughs> this is months ago, remember, but I, I remember the response is like, I'm not going to try to change your mind. Yeah. But give us time. Yes. Right? I think that's kind of what That's an excellent response. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised <laughs> had I said that. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you that today. Okay. Uh, February 21st. Uh, Tom Peterson, Intel Arc. I'm recommending uh, somebody like, hey, Gordon, on Twitter, yeah. what should I build? I got X amount of money. Should I buy an Arc card? What that, you, what's uh, your, what's okay. your opinion? Well, that's now? a fair question. And, and I, I would say yes, actually. And the reason I would say that is, first of all, I'm not going to try to convince you, but I will, I will, I will highlight some information that is available. You can go test it yourself. And our improvement in DX9 and legacy titles has been dramatic, right? The engineers have been crushing it. They knew when we launched that we had more work to do. And we're at that part of the curve where there's just still a lot of potential in this hardware. And I'm happy to say that over the last three months, we've delivered a tremendous uh, improvement up to 43% better on DX9, which if you're, you know, you've been around forever to see a 43% improvement of anything never happens in graphics post-launch. So I would say now is a great time to buy an ARC, especially since we've also brought our price down. So we're now down at $249 and we're delivering better performance than anything in our class. And that gets you a A750, right? That's an A750 at 249 US. That's the IBC version. That's the Intel branded version. Comes in a box that looks a lot like that. And it's a great card. So at this point, I would say I shouldn't have to convince you. Okay. I'll just point you at the data. <laughs> right. And it just, I have a question. I have yes, a sir. question about yes, that. So yeah, the ARC A750 for 249 actually I find 
very much a compelling product, especially now that these months of these months of driver improvements behind them. How are you guys able to offer that for two forty nine when your rivals are struggling to address the industry? Yeah, well, um, people have asked me this many different times, and, and it all comes down to the fact that we know that we're new, right? We're we're new to this market, and we're going to need a uh, a method of becoming successful. So in this generation, we're not uh, margin focused; we are share focused which means that we're going to do whatever it takes and we're going to be successful. And if it means that we're going to, uh, you know, put money into every card, we're going to do it. And, and it's all because this is a long-term investment. And it's not just about discrete graphics. It's about integrated graphics and building up our capabilities for gamers. And, and that's a multi-year investment. And ARC is just one of the big pillars of making that happen. So we're taking a... Uh, strategic decision, right? And we're investing big amounts of dollars to build an awesome card. Anybody who's looked at this card goes, how is that 249? It's absolutely insane. And the reason it's that price is because we have to be in the market and, and let people see it and feel it and touch it. And then maybe in the next generation, we'll be able to, you know, price for value rather than price for share. It's a, it's a killer buy at 250 or 249. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> So let me, I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my brain around that. So price for value versus price for share. What's the key difference there? Well, it means that we're going to give you a deal, ah, okay. right? We're, we're going to give you a great deal compared to all the competition, primarily because we know we're new and, and we're, we're not going to ask anybody to trust us. We're going to give you an amazing value. Uh, and then over time, as you, as you become more cuffs, you know, as the market becomes more co- comfortable with Intel as a graphics provider, then you'll see our features improve, our performance improve, and our, and our margins will improve. But it, it has to start, you know, how do you, how do you break this chicken and egg? And, and the chicken and egg is we're new to discrete graphics, and there's a, there's a big installed base that we have to support, and people haven't seen it, they haven't tried it. Um, so we have to break through that barrier. And the only way we can do that is by talking to people, uh, showing the data, and also giving an incredible deal. Right. So the value is really awesome the value is really awesome and we're we're pricing so that people can try it at low cost Uh, and you know of course this one of the hard things from the outside is we don't really know how things are selling and i know most companies are reluctant to say oh we sold x amount of parts can you give us any kind of hint how well arc is selling i would i would say our uh initial strategy of pricing, you know, below what our natural value would be is working. And we're seeing, you know, pull through the channel. We're available worldwide. We're available in all the major retailers and retailers. Of course, in the U.S., there's still one we're working on here. But but I would say uh, it's at expectation from my perspective. And and it's meant to be rapidly accelerating. So if you if whenever you are new to a business, it takes time to fill the channel and it takes time to fill e-tail and retail, ramp production lines, and all that's happened now. Okay. So I, I feel pretty good about it. And uh, sorry, I, anybody want to keep get, going? Keep I'm, going. So I'm going to have questions. So the other well, question, actually, if, if I if but, I can piggyback off that, um, the uh, one one of the things in, in this latest you know uh, driver and performance improvement was DX9. Were were you getting a lot of pushback and being like, hey, my DX9 games, my DX9 games? <laughs> yeah, we we did get a lot of feedback on that, and we knew we had problems, but we. You know, what I said is um, <clears throat> people have asked me, well, if you knew you had problems, why didn't you wait? And, there, and there's always this tension between waiting to get in the market 
and delaying real feedback versus being perfect. So we decided, listen, let's get out there and let's let the end user base start giving us feedback. And that way it'll really accelerate our own internal development. And, and trust me, there is nothing like a review cycle to motivate an engineering team. There's nothing like end users saying, hey, I want to play CSGO to motivate the guy working on CSGO, right? And, and so I feel like at the end of the day, I, you know, we kind of knew it was going to be a difficult beginning, but that is, I feel like, a necessary part of getting into any, any new market. Uh, and, and the way you got the DX9 performance was, was something unique, right? Can, oh, yeah. can, you, can you explain that? Because um, well, I, I didn't know, under, we have, quite understand it. I, I'm, I've been in this industry quite a while, and I can say we have one of the best development teams in the business. And uh, they were not pleased with the DX9 performance in general. We used a strategy that involved a, a kind of a translation layer that wasn't within our control and we couldn't optimize. So we kind of backed up and said, you know, this is not going to work for us. So they went back to the drawing board, re-architected the driver from the bottom up, and now there's a kind of a hybrid driver with a native implementation for some titles and using some other uh, layers for other titles. Mm. But at the end of the day, we can control and we can optimize as needed per title. And you're going to see all kinds of different innovations. I don't think there'll ever be a moment again in the future where we allow ourselves to be put in a, in a place where we can't optimize. And, and that's where that we were uh, when we started. Yeah, because originally it was you just had to... Was the idea just simply we need to get something out the door and... DirectX 9 is so old, it's a lost cause. And then actually, no, the pushback is you don't do CSGO. <laughs> yeah. There's so many DX9 titles that are still heavily played. I, I think it was more our expectation of the experience that we were going to get was that it was going to be great. And and it didn't turn out until late in the game that we kind of knew that it wasn't going to be spectacular, but it was too late to change course. So at the end of the day, I feel like uh, we've done the right thing. We made the investment to improve both DX9 and DX11. And you'll see that kind of uh, focus on titles, legacy titles, continue. Now, DX12, Vulcan, those are still hugely important, and that's where the bulk of future development is going to be. But these uh, improvements that we've made over the last three months are critical to enabling, you know, the, the legacy portfolio that everybody wants to run. Okay. Yeah. And, it, and Arc already excelled at DX12, so yeah. we got the future covered. Now it's mopping up the path. Yeah, I mean, we're a modern GPU with ray tracing, yep. with XCSS and XMX units, right? We've got all of the hardware and all of the ca capacity of a much, much, much higher-end GPU. And now we can actually leverage all that for our legacy title. So I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we, where we have arrived. Hmm. Yeah. I, and it is, it is nice because it – so many of the so much of so much of the flack you took is just sort of like that the DX9 support yeah. and and it really it it feels like cuz going back you know whatever 4 months you guys got really beat up by everybody everybody mm -hmm. was just just landing blows and it feels like things have actually changed quite a bit because it went from like oh my god you never should have made this classic <laughs> kind of resent, resentment of the internet to now like it's actually it's, it's pretty, pretty good. damn good, it's right? pretty good. It, am I reading that? Actually, maybe I don't know crap. Ask these guys. Ask these guys. Keith, you've, you've tested. What's, what's your opinion? Is it Every month he's been testing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam's been throwing me in the dungeon, and he's like, you're going to live with the R card, and you're going to, yeah. Another R card um, date. Do it. Yeah, no, the, the, the um, so full disclosure, I didn't have it at launch, so I didn't get to experience the day one launch pre-launch uh stuff but i did go back and use I the did. launch drivers mm -hmm. and i quickly experienced a lot of the 
the the beef that I was hearing, and I was like, okay, this is valid. These problems are real, but each iteration, it was like something got better. And whenever it got to where it is now, the fact that I can run through my capture card, which I did confirm other people with different capture cards didn't have this idea, but I have HDMI blackout that would just go away and come back. Um, the move to thank you for the standalone um, art control center. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like such a little thing, but it really isn't if you want to leave it up and do other things and come back to it. But overall stability in changing resolutions is everything feels like if you set someone down and said, use this computer for the day. And at the end of the day, they said, can you tell me which graphics card you were using? They probably be like, I, and if they didn't open up something specific to tell them what it is, I don't know that their experience would be any different than any other graphics card on the market. I'm going to call that a win. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for me using it like trying to beat it up so and that's a big difference from the launch drivers because the launch drivers their work stability issues. no question no. uh so like there are issues with monitor compatibility there are some stability issues in my experience a lot of those have been fixed so far uh i was just wondering do you think arc Tom is stable enough to use as your daily drive now? Oh, absolutely. You know, I have uh, I have a development machine with an ARC card in it. I actually know, not my boss, but my boss's boss just built a PC with an ARC card in it herself. So that's pretty exciting. We have to make sure that works well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, overall, I, I would say it's it's the experience of using ARC today is very identical to any other uh, GPU yep. at that class, although your price will be significantly lower. Yeah. Hey, um, oh, good. Go ahead, Keith. I was going to say, I do have, I have one question. We're talking about daily use and everything. So right now, next to me, and you can't hear it for um, a software feature, is um, there's some construction going on outside of my office. So is there a plan for, like, the noise-canceling features that other vendors are offering? So NVIDIA's got one, AMD's got one. Is there something in the works? I know it's I'm, you know, it's up to you. I've got to ask. It's something I use. I'm I'm all in. I mean, I got to tell you, I use that too, and it's pretty cool. So at the end of the day, my answer on all future things is going to be, well, I don't want to talk about things that's not done yet, simply because we should focus on what's here today. But but, but what I will do is say, do I think it's a good idea? And I do. I think that uh, using a graphics card to uh, improve everyday computing experiences is a great idea. And uh, I, I suspect that there's going to be new things that are uh, added to that suite of technologies. And I, I do believe it's going to be important for Intel to participate there. So that's like, I'll, I'll, that'll be my canned answer for anything that you ask that I think is a good idea. And if you, if you ask something that I think is garbage, then I'll say, I don't think that it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll get the, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> That actually brings up a question that came up in chat earlier, and everybody's asking this, and I know you can't answer, but I'm going to ask it. Mm. And in fact, I will ask in the actual internet way you would ask is, uh, (laughs) when will Battle Mage come out, 
uh, how much will it cost? How much VRAM? How much VRAM? <laughs> also, what are the specs of it now before yeah. it's launched? Can you tell me that, uh, Tom? Yeah, of course I can. Well, first of all, let me use that question to segue into, again, how grateful I am to be here, Gordon. <laughs> and, uh, I, I really do appreciate you and all that you and Brad and everybody else do. You do a great job here. But let, let me talk a little bit about the question. Obviously, I'm not going to disclose uh, new dates for Battle Mage or specs, but I can say the bulk of our design team, both on the architecture and the software team, are working on it. And progress is accelerating and moving along quite quickly. There are some cool new technologies in there that I want to talk about that I won't. But uh, let's just say Battle Mage is our second-generation discrete graphics card. It's moving along as expected, and the bulk of our team is on it. Okay, so... What is, I was going to say, well, Half-Life 3 confirmed is the internet yeah, meme. Is, uh... It's coming. Well, I, I actually, it, it, a stopgap in between point, there were, were some people, and we've got we've gotten this question too. Uh, here we go. Bob Jones had asked it earlier. What happened to Arc 5? Uh, any, anything else Arc-related? Arc yeah, oh, the, the, the 5 series. Because you know. it was 3, 5, and 7. Yeah, yeah. again, well, in the same... Uh, you know, kind of model of talking about unreleased things. Let me just say, I'm really glad that you're healing and that oh, it's yeah. exciting <laughs> to see your recovery taking such root. And uh, 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 what was the question? Again? <laughs> we have nothing to say on unreleased products. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Before we go too far down that path, I have a question about release products. Yes. Uh, so I've noticed you guys have been putting out tons of day zero day one game on drivers. Yes. Like I, don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was looking at them. You guys are outpacing clearly AMD at this point. They oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To release this There's no question. Ever. And NVIDIA as well. Uh, Thank you. Is that part of your strategy or <laughs> is that is that part of your strategy? Or is that part of the immediate focus of looking at the drivers right now? I think you're going to see. Um, so first of all, thank you for that. I think you're going to see. I think we've made around nine, if I'm not mistaken, driver releases since launch. And uh, a lot of them have included included new support for day zero titles as a matter of fact we just had a driver for hogwarts you remember uh, that was last week i think and our performance there is amazing did you test it out keith i did returnal with that driver and it's fantastic yeah i I really gotta say again back to our dev team um they're doing tremendous amount of work to make sure that when gamers buy an arc card it's going to be ready the the day a game comes out and that takes a lot of work like on hogwarts there were a few bugs that needed to get fixed there's some performance tuning that needed to happen and a lot of qa right you got to run a lot of cycles to make sure these things work so i would say it's not just part of our strategy but it but it's core it's it's the core to being a good provider for discrete gamers you you don't like get to be good on like 50 percent of the titles you got to be good on 100 percent of the titles and right now that means that we have to do day zero drivers all right excellent i have a question about uh pricing because i mean arc was at launch really aggressive pricing especially when you consider what the competitors had from you know radeon and, and geforce at that time i think like 3060s were still 500 dollars at the launch yeah and then the line basically in the four months that arc has been on the market we have seen 6600 come way down yep. we have seen 360 really come down because they're about 300 well, oh come on yeah. they're like 400 bucks yeah yeah. 400? yeah yeah but that's better than oh it's, it's definitely come down but but I, would, I i you said, guys or just simply market conditions i, I think I like to think it's us but i suspect okay. that it's not i suspect that it's actually just the market you know uh putting additional pressure on existing gpu providers but our presence in the market is meant to rebalance the market 
Right. Right. And so if you think about it, we're one of the few companies in the world that can enter a, a large market like discrete graphics and we can show up with volume that is at a new price point that it basically, uh, you know, NVIDIA will probably continue to ignore us, but AMD cannot ignore us. Right. And it's going to become uh, much more competitive at, over the years as we become more established. But I mean, I know NVIDIA can ignore you because, you know, they're sitting in the in a in the in a great position with, you know, majority market share. But I've always thought NVIDIA, you, you have some insight into this. NVIDIA is generally a very <laughs> aggressive company. Yeah. And they don't, you know, you got to stomp something out before it gets anywhere. You know, there's a great, um, I took a business you know? class on this exact phenomenon. It's, it's an old, uh, uh, do you know I have an MBA? Oh, really? Yeah. That's, That's why you're so yeah. smart. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the class was airlines. Okay, and it was talking, it was a business case about People's Express back in the day. Remember People's Express? <laughs> they were like pre-Southwest. Yes, yeah, so is that the one you had to put the gas in the plane yourself? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a credit card. Everything was a credit card yeah, on the machine. Yeah. But they had a whole business model that said, we're going to come in at a price point that American cannot compete with. Because if you imagine you're a 90% volume person, uh, to, to, to compete with the small guy, you're going to lose a billion dollars. Right, because you're going to have to lower the price for everybody. Sorry, um, and it's just not fiscally uh, viable for them. So I think we're kind of in the same spot where we can we can sail uh, for a while, but at some point, you know, Nvidia will need to respond. But I just don't imagine that they're that focused on it right now. Okay, and that, that I have a follow up there, uh, and that's really the overall dearth of cards. Uh, by the way, that means none. There's just zero cards generally under two hundred dollars for a long time. Yep. You know, you had a few kind of like. Reboxes, reboxes, <laughs> and you had Nvidia or you had AMD with the Radeon that everybody universally, you know, and sixteen fifty floating around down there. I mean, the bulk of the markets for gamers that really has kind of built PC gaming has always been sub two hundred dollars. Yes, are we ever going to get back to that? I mean, sub two hundred dollars or two hundred to sub because I always feel like that, like. You know, like the RX four eighty was RX like the last. But is that know, right? But I yeah, mean, I mean, like very, a, we knew a lot of people who bought. 480. But that was an elderly oh. card. But I mean, like before four eighty, you know, like there, Nvidia would always have that like sub. Yeah. It was always. I mean, you know, the volume parts leader, but yeah. not great performance. Do you remember ninety eight hundred? I like the uh, was it uh, ninety eight hundred uh, GT GT. No, oh, G- that was two fifty, but that was that was, was a GT. No, there was a ninety eight hundred GT. You're thinking GTX? No, no, but yeah, the GT because that was the one I remember. That was, I'm, fuck, that was a really good card. Yeah, I remember the, the quote because Jensen came out, and I remember being in that that sweet just, spot. Like he was like, "This is like you've been wanting to take. I'm, you've been wanting to take a crap for the longest time, and you finally did." That was the way he described. <laughs> he's he's got yeah, away with I, words, I mean, right? <laughs> the, that card was. We have one on the wall back there. It's a, or eighty eight hundred GT. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The eight hundred GT was I've like got one. Yeah, because that was like. But the point is that to me that you know with inflation. And with price appreciation, uh, I, I feel like 199 is forever going to be very difficult. But there's not all hope is lost. Okay. Because, Gordon, our strategy is – we've been clear and transparent about what our strategy is. Do you know we're the largest graphics provider in the world? I guess if you call Intel integrated. Yeah. Well, the point <laughs> is that with Meteor Lake and our future disaggregated strategy, you're going to see that this is all one big thing. Right now, as you start as you start moving up from integrated into the entry of uh, discrete, what's the difference? Right, if you can buy a a a segment specific CPU that has a big GPU, 
that's the same as having a discrete and a, and a CPU. Yeah. And that price, you can't touch it with integration. That sounds pretty exciting for the future of APUs or whatever. Yeah. These yeah. I mean, that's exactly yeah. it, Brad, because the blurring, there used to be discrete GPUs and CPUs. Now there are CPU tiles and GPU tiles. And it's really just a question of what's the right economics, what's the right market segmentation. And I would not be surprised to see sort of like segment-specific SKUs, right? Because with a tile-based architecture, that can be done and still make fiscal sense. And that actually brings up a question from Elena, because uh, I, I got questions from her ahead of time. She wanted to know, I don't know what you can say specifically, but basically the question is, do you think we might see Intel produce something to compete with AMD's line of APUs? And APUs, the way I kind of define it is, is not just a like a high-end CPU with something that turns on a monitor, but yeah. actually fewer, less core count, but really good graphics. So yeah. like it's balanced more for graphics. Again, I don't want to talk about future products from Intel, but I will say that um, disaggregated uh, architectures allow for much more fiscally sensible skew, uh, segment-specific SKUs. And what I mean by that is there's some segments of PCs that want high-end graphics or higher-end graphics with CPUs, and there's some segments, like for desktop productivity, where you wouldn't want to pay for that big CPU. You'd rather have a small, a, a big GPU, you'd rather have a smaller GPU. And disaggregation allows companies to do that kind of specificity without blowing up the, the, the balance sheet. So right. I'm excited about it. I mean, this really does change the landscape. And if I were a low-end, discrete graphics provider, this would be a clear threat. I, you came on here to talk about ARC, but now you got me excited for Meteor Lake. You're really good at your job, Tom. Thank you very much, Brad. I am excited for Meteor Lake. I mean, I, I know there's some slides floating around out there that are showing, you know, basically the performance of Meteor Lake and the projections for Meteor Lake and, and how, how does disaggregation work? And, and it's really fascinating that the overall cost or the tax of disaggregation is very, very small. And we can now use multiple different process nodes to get the best economics for segment, like I, like I said, segment-specific SKUs, which is very exciting. Well, I mean, of course, that's great for people who have x86 licenses. What about companies that don't have x86 licenses that have are going to be forced to compete with vendors with basically graphics and x86? Yeah, what happens to them? It's just going to be a big scrum. There's <laughs> it's going to be a scrum, right? And that's the nature of our system, which I love. And uh, we're, we're going to kick butt. I, but, you know, like, I mean, but, you know, honestly, if I were them, I mean, and then maybe I, I may, I only have an outsider's view of it, but every time there's been a threat from down low, that other company, which has majority market share in graphics is like, you know, try to make your integrated graphics, whatever it is, compete with our low end card. Band. Right. Right. We are four times your performance. Yeah. We're a premium, but we're giving you what, I mean, isn't that the yeah, classic? It's a, it's a classic innovators dilemma. You've, you've heard of the innovator's dilemma. Of course, it's like these S-curves. I think it's a Christian, so credit that guy. Yep. Very smart guy. And the idea is that now, as as we come up from the bottom, we're actually the disruptor, right? We're not, we're not actually the incumbent when you're talking about right. high-performance graphics at the low end of the market. And, and so, you know, in, you know, other people have an invested interest in the, in the status quo, and we don't. Yeah, it's true, right? Because you do, you know, most of the disruption comes from below. Yeah. Nobody goes like, hey, we're going to make a $3,000 video card <laughs> no. and to really disrupt the... Yeah. No, so think about ARC as, as laying the foundation, 
right? We we have to get great at games. We have to get great at drivers. We have to get great at day zero drivers. We have to have enough tremendous dev tech and dev rel engagements. And then that plays all the way up and down our stack. Huh. And sorry, let me just questions from Brad or Keith, because I, 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 I don't want to. I have a, a quick question that isn't directly related to this, but kind of. Uh, so ray tracing is obviously one of our strengths. You guys beat the RTX 30 series right out of the yep. gate. No question. Uh, so I was just kind of wondering, I noticed that the A770 limited edition has 16 gigabytes and both of your cards have 8 gigabytes, which is good for gaming in general. I'm just wondering, now that we're talking about using the potential of using XE slices and like fancy APUs and stuff like that, uh, how much extra burden does ray tracing put on memory? Is that something you have to actively plan around when you're designing GPUs? Yeah, Brad, you're, you're just uh, absolutely correct. As, as you think about ray tracing workloads, they, they do put different amounts of uh, sort of requirements on memory bandwidth and memory capacity. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's huge, and usually most of it is mitigated by on-chip caching for ray tracing. And you can see I did a, a whole video on our ray tracing architecture. I talked a little bit about the caching. Um, so I do think that Ray tracing is expensive because of the units that are on chip, less so much about the impact into memory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That actually gives me a good point. I want to point out, uh, there's actually, you, you've been doing a series of videos, you and Ryan. I think you guys, uh, you did one with Raja. Intel Graphics, by the way, if you're on YouTube, go over to Intel Graphics. Check out the videos there if you want. Like and subscribe. Smash that uh, bell button if you want. You gonna because you're a YouTuber. But I just want to point out that you have some great Am information. I a YouTuber? Well, I mean, sounds you're like on, it. Gordon just said it. So you're on, you got your YouTube channel. <laughs> There's actually oh. some really good videos there. Thank uh, you, Gordon. That, you know, if you want to check out. So I just want to. I just want to mention I'm, that. I actually feel like those are pretty good. If you look at the production quality, the explainers I especially like the tech ones. There's one on ray tracing. There's one on how we do clocking. There's one on XDSS. So, yeah, if you're, if you're kind of a geek and you want to get in there and see how this stuff really works, go check out the videos. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of people always, they never want to watch vendor-provided videos, but there's there's great detail that, you know, you can get out of those you simply can't get in most other places. Yep. Uh, I do want to ask about, um, uh, what I do want to ask about uh, what you learn, because this is one of the questions I had. You obviously have That's been. My question too. Oh, okay. Mm. You've obviously been uh, around discrete graphics forever, decades. <laughs> I'm not saying you're old. That hurts. Tom, that hurts. But that hurts a little bit. <laughs> you've been in this for a while, but Intel, honestly, this is you know their first time. What are they at the at the rodeo? Is that what they say? Uh, this first, is our first rodeo. For, it's, it is actually Intel's first consumer graphics rodeo. Yeah. Can you say what Intel has learned, like so far in the last how long it's been going well, on? Well, if you if you go to um, this time last year. So this time last year, we had not launched anything. But then uh, we decided to go with the thing that was ready first. And, and that happened to be a terrible decision because we launched mobile first and we also launched our low end first. And we were thinking we can control it in China and that it wouldn't go everywhere. Right. That, that we learned is not okay. a thing. So that, 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 <laughs> the idea that you do something in one region, it doesn't go, that's not a thing. It actually goes everywhere. Wow, there's mail. <laughs> yeah. Like you can actually get hey, a parcel. Hey, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that certainly we learned. I think we also learned that, um, you know, there's just no talking in the world that's going to matter. It, it's just, you got to show, you got to do and uh, talk less, do more. And I think Intel's really taken that to heart. Uh, I hope that during the graphics, um, you know, rollout, you've seen that we're now talking much less. I mean, we're going to talk about what we have done, right? Not not about what we will do. 
And uh, what we will do, you'll find out when we are done. And that's that's mm-hmm. that's a real good learning because it helps set expectations. The last thing I want to do is get beat up because I didn't do something that I said I was going to do. And that's just distractions and, and it doesn't help anybody. I'd rather get beat up for something that I have done. <laughs> or maybe someday not even get beat up. You know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, that, that's important because it's the performance you're giving gamers is the only thing that matters. Frankly, all the talk is meaningless. Yeah. And, and I, I would say it's not just performance. You got to have all the capabilities, right? Ray tracing, XESS, and, you know, all kinds of cool stuff in the future. And, and that's the key is that you can't just show up in, now in today's market. You cannot show up and just run uh, DX, right? There's, there's, there's like, what are you doing on top of DX? What, how are you making mm-hmm. the experiences better? What are the new features? Brad was asking for a broadcast equivalent. I mean, at the end of the day, this is the world that we live in. Uh, and and people expect much more than DX. Actually, we have a lot of people asking questions about like your your pro application support, content creation, things like that. So that kind of falls in line with that. Well, it's true. Uh, we do support uh, all all the content creation uh, it, you know apps in the world, but we have work to do there, right? And that's why you, that's why people have asked me why am I not talking about all the cool AV one stuff and all the cool you know different creator oriented things. It's because I feel like we still have work to do on the software side there, and I don't want to set expectations too high on what the creator experience is going to be until we're ready. And when we're ready, you bet you're, we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> I mean, that, that, on, on that note, I will say that uh, content creator, YouTuber, Epos Fox actually did a deep dive into ARC, yeah. maybe one performance for our site, and it's pretty fantastic. So if people are interested in hearing more about that, Tom doesn't want to sell it up, go read our article. No, it's I, 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 I don't want to sell it up. I just want to set expectations that AV1 is spectacular and we do have yeah. a broad support for av1 but if you if you kind of step back and say what are the other major creator applications in the world we still have work to do there and yeah. and we're going to continue to get better just like we've gotten better on games and how hard is it to do that because you know i, I clearly you know we've seen av1 support um i think handbrake supports it for mm-hmm. art now yep. obviously and that's probably due to it being open source but how hard is it to get into all these vendors and get them to support these things very difficult very difficult. And, and it's not just because we're new. It's because, like, for, for decades, if you detected Intel device ID, you don't want to do graphics acceleration on that because it's a low-end integrated. Right. So all of that ah. kind of, like, special casing and, and expectation has to be reversed. So think of it as, please just treat us like any other graphics card and any other graphics developer, and we'll do tuning and driver updates to make that great. All that has to happen on the application side. Hmm. I never would have thought of that, but I bet you that is a headache. Yeah. It is a pain in the fanny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to think that it's just simply look up. It's They look up and say, oh, it's in, integrated. If you've got discrete, we'll throw it to discrete. But. Yeah, but what what do you do if like somebody's got a, a laptop, it's got an integrated graphics, so you don't want your app to run on it. But now, So that might have been dev ID. That might have been if Intel graphics, then don't run. Now, now what we would say is, well, actually, no, 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 no. We want you to say if Intel graphics and this number are higher. Right. So the, the logic gets more complicated and mm. we have to work with the entire ecosystem we got, first of all, we got to discover these things and it's, it's sort of like per app kind of enablement and we have a team for that, but it's just takes time. Hmm. Uh, we have a couple people in the chat asking about, uh, Linux support. Uh, I love Linux. Yeah. We have great Linux support. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, our, our Linux driver is open and, uh, it's going to stay that way. Uh, they're asking, so Neven is asking, uh, whether Linux will have the same feature parity and priority. Ooh, uh, I don't think it does have the same feature parity because things like XCSS require 
you know, custom tuned uh, game integration and APIs and software layers that may be Windows only. So there's nothing that's preventing people from writing uh, compute-centric AI-style filters for Linux, but I just don't think there's enough market share of Linux in gaming right now to see that happen. Hmm. Right. Can I ask you about APIs? Sure. So where are the ones you got to, where you got to win? I mean, obviously DirectX. Yes. And Vulkan is... You got to win Vulkan. Why does that matter so much just for other platforms, I guess? Or Yeah, Vulkan is sort of like a future-looking platform that especially streaming services okay. are very focused on, right? So if you're if you're going to be uh, credible in streaming, Vulkan is very, very important. And of course, there are some titles that are faster on Vulkan. I think Red Dead is faster on Vulkan compared to their DX. I think there's a DX12 and a Vulkan, or maybe a DX11 and a Vulkan for yeah. uh, Red Dead 2. I think Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal, yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah so there are, there are a couple of titles. Strange Brigade, yeah. So yeah, there are yeah. a couple of titles that are very amenable for Vulcan for whatever the reason, and we have to support it. Okay. Uh, and then this is actually the other thing is, how do you deal with CUDA? Like, it's interesting. I mean, I still think CUDA is very much the API to beat, especially yes. content creation. Yes. How do you, I mean... Well, that's a tough one. That's a very tough one. But our strategy is pretty clear. We have one API and Sickle. So okay. at the end of the day, we're saying we need to provide translation uh, capabilities for people that want to move away from sort of this controlled garden into a little bit more open and cross-vendor platform way. And that's all based on the uh, one API and, and uh, all that kind of software infrastructure. But it is difficult, especially since if you look at things like AI frameworks, you know, there's parts of that code that actually have the word CUDA in it. Like if you look at PyTorch, mm -hmm. it says, uh, if CUDA, then, you know, turn on graphics. And mm -hmm. and all of that stuff, we need, we need real thought-through strategies so that developers don't have to recode their applications, but yet we do the translations on the backside. So it's a, it's a great question. It's a huge uh, effort for us, and it, it'll improve over time. Okay. And CUDA is closed, right? Because I, I saw there was a GPU out of China, and one of the APIs to support it was CUDA. And I was like, yeah. I was a little surprised. Like, I would be too. You... I would be too. Okay. So there's probably just simply something lost. In I don't know. I mean, you can, okay. I mean, you could, I, I don't know if you, I guess you could back engineer any anything. I'm not sure about that, but I think so. Yeah. I mean. I'm just wondering if it's like, <laughs> I thought, I, I kind of wondered if CUDA is possibly something like, well, clearly one company controls it. But if you want to use it, but then nobody, you know, AMD yeah. was never going to support CUDA. No, no, no. I think, I think of CUDA as multiple different things. It's yeah. a programming language. And then there's a runtime. And, and so the runtime is actually translating to sort of the hardware that it's running on. And it's doing a bunch of housekeeping and stuff like that. So to, to say that you support CUDA means that you, you could take an application that was coded using CUDA and do everything else yourself right. because that runtime does not run on anybody else. Um, so that's a major lift. Ah, okay. And for one API, sorry, last last API question. Has AMD kind of embraced it? Because it feels like one way to dislodge CUDA is AMD and Intel working together. Uh, and AMD's sort of aboard one 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 API at this point. I do not know if they're okay. aboard. I would be. I, I have not heard about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just, but uh, if anybody's listening, Cedric, if you're listening, you want to do one API. <laughs> I mean, it definitely feels like that's the way you you, you do it, but. Yeah, Cedric's their dev. I think he's in charge of their dev tech guys. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to move. Go ahead. 
So speaking of AI, I just uh, you guys have already launched thirty five plus or announced thirty five plus titles supporting XESS. Yes, we have, Brad. Uh, so just I want to you know it's the early days for you getting XESS off the ground. Obviously, you personally have some experience with DLSS in the past. I'm just wondering uh, how do you think it's going? Do you have any initial lessons learned from the uh, launch of XESS, which got, is just I, as important as the hardware? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Brad. Um, first of all, I, I have learned a bunch. Uh, our team is spectacular in terms of providing an API that's easy to integrate. And uh, Vladimir and his team have done a great job on the backside, like getting all the uh, kernels running well and doing all the QA. It's a, it's a major effort because if you think about it, you're, you're creating content that's different from what the developer intends, right? The developer, if you, if you basically say DX commands, you could run that into a model and everybody's going to generate exactly the same image. When you start having AI involved, it's all different. So there's no like known good outcome. So what that means is if you're going to have a, an AI algorithm, you have to have humans look at all those images and say, is this doing a good thing? You know, do we like it? And that's what the team has done. And, and in the original version, it was spectacular. Now there's a new version coming out called XCSS 1.1. So it just improves things. But um, mm-hmm. I've learned that uh, uh, being compatible with existing APIs like DLSS uh, because DLSS has a specific set of resources that it wants to send down to the algorithm, we're the same. We have the same set of resources. So if you've done an instrumentation for DLSS on a game, um, we can support the same game very easily. And that's helped us a bunch. Excellent. Yeah. That kind, that kind of API compatibility thinking, like how do we make it very easy for developers to integrate, it's critical. If we had, off, if we had done something dramatically different, we would not have 35 titles. Okay, so you guys, uh, part of that, uh, you guys were also quick to support NVIDIA's, I believe it's called Streamline, which is the idea of hooking into that stuff. Yep. Uh, do you know if developers, do they actually use that or do they tend to do it more manually? I don't have a, a great update from NVIDIA on Streamline. I, I think they may have lost my number. Oh. Yeah, so I don't get, <laughs> I don't get, the, uh, I don't get the updates, but I, I do okay. like the idea, and I do think okay. that... Um, Going forward in the future, NVIDIA is still very much committed to Streamline as far as I can tell. Our support is going to be a little bit more uh, transactional where we look at where are, where is Streamline going? Is it something that we can continue to support? We, we don't have to yep. do much to support Streamline other than provide a, a working driver. Okay, I suppose uh, to refocus my question a bit, have you heard of developers trying to use that? Streamline? Is it available yet? Yeah. Streamline's available. It's, it's been integrated yeah. on multiple titles. And yeah, I, uh, so. I, I would defer all other questions to NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a question before we move on from AI. Okay. Totally unrelated to graphics. What do you think of chat GPT and all this stuff going I on? I gotta right now? say, that's amazing technology. And I, as you know, for me from years, I'm a huge proponent of AI applied to all things. And uh, it, it, chat GPT is just another one of those steps forward that's helping bring awareness to what's happening, but it's not the most exciting thing. I mean, uh, right now I'm in an RL class at Stanford, and the things that you can do in RL is absolutely phenomenal. Just just blows your mind. And it's going to change everything, not just what we think of as in, in terms of gaming and computing, but literally everything in your life. And, and so I think ChatGPT is a look forward, but it's still very early days for that kind of stuff. Um, and, and there's lots of learning going to happen. And what's RL Thank for you. people who don't know? Reinforcement it? learning. And, and, and the way to think about reinforcement, and I'm still a kid in this, in this world, but the way I think about it is it's, it's making sequential series of de- sequential decisions while learning. 
So mm-hmm. you're you're basically starting off ignorant, and you explore the world a little bit, and you find out some stuff, and then you you know you you now have a fundamental choice to make about something called exploitation versus exploration. So once you start learning about the world, the obvious thing to do would be to take the decision that you know is going to be giving you a good reward every time, but you're missing out figuring out maybe there's another path that I could have taken. So RL is all about algorithms uh, to discover good policies that are going to interact in the world uh, uh, effectively. This is uh, the technique that they use to play Atari and play Breakout. You know, today, uh, AI plays Atari better than people. And it, it starts off with, guess how much they have to teach it? Nothing. You basically take the Atari screen and you feed it into an ignorant AI and the AI just plays it over and over and over and discovers the algorithms, the policies for mm. how to move the paddle in response to pixels. It's freaking crazy. Huh? Yeah, it's, that's insane. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's learning on its own. Do you, and sorry, last question for AI. Where oh, do I've you, got another AI one. Where do you think, <laughs> where do you think the AI's place on the client is going to be? Because, I mean, it's very clearly on the cloud these days, yep. but. Look, for me, I'm always PC-centric. Where do, where, do you see, where do you see it kind of coming down on? There's so many places. Uh, having dedicated inference uh, engines inside of CPUs is the enabling technology that basically uncorks the largest install base for future algorithm development. So AI, I mean, certainly things like uh, security, things like um, uh, sort of like anti-abuse things where you're t- kind of protecting children and things like that. AI is a perfect monitor for that kind of stuff. And then you can say things like, what's the future of man-machine interaction? Can AI make it less difficult to type an email? Can it make it less? You know how many hours I spend on email a day? Can AI mm. do something there that's useful? It's okay. <laughs> I just, I just came back it. from vacation and I have 7,000 emails. There no, no for that AI. Now, how many matter? <laughs> I mean, of the 7,000, how many matter? It's probably uh, one? Three. Three. Like three. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's why Brad doesn't get back to my emails. So I, I really do think there's a huge opportunity to improve life um, using AI on the client, on the server. And, of course, in games. I do agree with uh, David Wang, who said recently, you know, he did that old interview I told you about. Um, AI applied to games has just started. I mean, right now we're using it on graphics. But if you can imagine, like, realistic motion or realistic combat or realistic strategy planning, get some RL into a, into a game. That's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you have CSGO bots who are actually planning and thinking ahead and adapting to how you react like that yeah. Pac-Man game. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, to continue with AI and gaming, I mean, one of, one of the big things uh, a lot of people are debating about is uh, DLSS uh, frame generation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, don't don't put your fake frame in my fake frame uh, just to get another fake frame. <laughs> yeah. so, like, what, 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 what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, <clears throat> so, first of all, DLSS 3.0 is a pretty cool technology in my mind. It is solving, uh, you know, you can think about quality a lot of different ways. Quality can be per frame. So you're looking at a picture, I'm going to make that picture better. And that that's an effort that's worth doing, mm-hmm. right? There's still a lot of, uh, that's ray tracing, that's higher resolution textures, that's better geometry, that's tessellation and things like that. So we can make pictures better and there's still a lot to be done there. But we haven't really addressed this whole temporal uh, problem. Right. And, and the temporal problem is like stutter and jitter and 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 uh, you're, you're forcing your brain to make a lot of work filling in those missing images. Um, but some people hate it and some people love it. Uh, I, I happen to think that it's a technique that's underexploited even now. 
and that there's lots of uh, potential left in that, you know, kind of temporal area. And I think we'll see more innovation there. Do you, do you agree? Cause I mean, it feels like all the messaging I've seen from NVIDIA is that it just gets harder from here. Um, and brute forcing it with, you know, basically more transistors is just immensely harder than using AI to, to yeah. create this. And it just feels like that path is uh, on path. Uh, so I, I believe in general that AI is useful as applied to graphics. Now, whether it's needed for DLSS 3.0 or not is kind of an open question. I look at what's happening in that style algorithm, and it doesn't seem obvious to me that you need AI for that hmm. because generation of an image is uh, pretty well calculated, and Oculus did this back in the day with ASW. Mm -hmm. So if you remember ASW, Brad, um, yep. and that can mostly be done with uh, motion vectors, and you don't need an AI to calculate all that. Optical flow will get you 99% of the way there. So I, I, I suspect there's a little bit of, you know, I've got a hammer called uh, tensor cores, and I've got a problem called I want to make <laughs> graphics better, and so I'm going to make tensor cores make graphics better. That's a hypothesis, sure. It, it, but I I'm not an idiot. So, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. I I I want to see this play out. It'll be interesting. Yeah, but you're you're right though because I mean, you. You build a product a certain way, you're going to want to sell it to yeah. To, to and I, I, strength, I struggle. Right? I mean, I think we all uh, uh, should recognize there's no point in doing a technology that is attached to a hardware thing unless that hardware thing is enabling that technology. So that's that's yeah. where we're at. Um, we plan to develop technology based on the benefit to an end user. And I, I assume Nvidia and AMD are doing the same thing. You're not you're not overly kind of gimping your technology to use hardware it's quite the opposite you'd like to develop new technology that is great on your hardware but if it doesn't need optical flow it doesn't need optical flow right 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 yeah. hmm. cool stuff cool stuff uh, um uh, eek 44 friend of the show eek 44 gave us a uh, 169 danish chrome thank you so much said uh, how much is that five dollars i don't know five dollars okay. it sounds it sounds great it sounds though. great I mean, it's, it's a very big number thank, thank you, you i appreciate that. that uh was there ai on the arc um yes there's ai on arc so we have oh uh, wait hold on i just read it's yeah. it's a joke arc with a k still ended up at the top of a mountain okay now i get it wait what <laughs> but they're talking about the arc uh, the, the, the arc the arc wait the, the arc, arc of the covenant indiana jones mm. no 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 it's no it's because there's that yeah. great there's that great um, on Hulu. It's a documentary on the kids who made the shot for shot recreation of the indie movie. Just going to put that out there. Right? You should go watch <laughs> well, it. Is it good? <laughs> I mean, it's good because it's incredible to see these these children go through basically their entire lives to re redo Indiana Jones, oh, the that's original fun. shot for shot. Are they getting older as they do it? Is it like they're a getting older? And then oh, that's hilarious. And then at the they actually there was one shot they could never make, so they did a quick starter. And they raise money to get to make that one last. Oh, that's and it, awesome. You have to watch it because it's just, it's, I mean, is it the best? Is it the, the most intense documentary? <laughs> no, but I it, love the idea. I still love the idea, yeah, right? Because I, yeah. I am a huge Indiana Jones fan. Yeah. So you got to. Well, have you ever thought about doing a, you know, reshoot? I have done Star Wars, actually. <laughs> have you really? Well, I, I, as a joke, we'd go on vacation and I would, because, you know, I had a video camera. It was just a, like, high eight. I'd shoot scenes with my, uh, you know, nieces and nephews, they uh -huh. were kids, uh -huh. and I would intercut them with Star Wars. That's fun. And it was actually, I did it for a little bit, then I, <laughs> I kind of gave up. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, <laughs> Adam, any more questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Uh, so I just want to get back to the gaming performance. Yes. Because you guys, drivers, you guys really have been putting good work into drivers. You came out of the gate with DX12 and Vulcan, kicking butt, taking names, same what Ray Tracing. At this point, I think it's fair to say, at least in the major titles, obviously I haven't gone back and played everything from the DX9 era, but in general, your DX9 performance is on point. Like, it's not a drawback at this point. Uh, DirectX 11 is a little bit trickier. Yes. And I was just wondering if you could talk about that a bit. Well, I, I think you just kind of identified exactly one of our areas left to work on, Brad. And okay. I, I, I think that they're, we're not bad on DX11. We're, we're okay on no. DX11. But um, I think we can be better. And I think uh, I think it's because of the same style uh, thinking. We've had some more work to do on DX11, and hopefully we'll have an update for you there. Hmm. Okay. Was Warframe, you guys just had that big speed boost. Was that DX11? Warframe. Uh, uh, let's you see. You went from, in the launch driver, you went from 159 and you 4086. You went I to don't know if that's DX11 or DX12. I think it's DX11. Okay. I think it is DX11. Okay. And there are per title optimizations you're going to see. It was Warframe, Brad, actually. It is DX11. Yeah. And um, just like every, every other title, there are opportunities that come up every once in a while to optimize a shader or to you mm-hmm. know un, uh, fix a bug in the driver somewhere. So Warframe did get a nice DX11 uh, performance update in our last driver. Okay. And uh, Ryan Shroud is in the, the chat, and he says, yes, it was DX11. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, um, I have a question that I know Tom knows the answer to, but... <laughs> It'll be good for him to tell it to the audience All instead right. of me trying to explain it. Okay. Uh, the high power, high idle power situation on the art cards. It it comes up a lot. It's come up today in the chat, mm-hmm. and I I've heard you give the explanation, yeah. but I'd like for you to give that again because it's way more eloquent than I can put it. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I think. Uh, so the, thank you very much. So the, the, the truth is that our power in certain scenarios is higher than we want when we're idle. First of all, we require something called RC six, which is you basically, it's a, it's a thing that you can turn on in the BIOS uh, and it allows the GPU to get into lower power states. It's a PCI express, uh, feature. And if you don't turn it on, we can't get to our lowest power state. And that's just a problem. Um, so we, we do give advice on how to enable all that. So that's what I'd say. 50% of the complaints are about. The other complaints come for, from people that are running high resolution or high refresh rate monitors because there's something basically required. You have to run your display block fast enough to generate enough bandwidth to talk across a display port at a particular resolution, display port or HDMI. And the higher the resolution and the higher the refresh rate, you got to run those clocks higher on your display block. Well, sadly, today in our microarchitecture, those clocks are all connected. So if you're going to run the display block faster, you're also going to run the rest of the design faster than we want to. And that's, again, where a lot of the second class of high power idle comes from. So those are the two cases. If you if you lower your refresh rate or you're not playing on a high resolution monitor, then you don't see those high idle powers when you have it enabled uh, in, in the v, in the SBIOS. Hmm. And the enabling that feature to, to lower the idle power, the board vendors just don't. Do some it? do, some don't. Okay. And, and you know, we give, now that we're aware of it, we give advice to our board partners on the motherboard side to turn this thing on by default. Okay. <laughs> oh, I have a related question to that. I've asked you this before, but it hasn't changed. I'm going to ask again. Uh, so <laughs> you've admitted PCIe resizable bar is crucial for the best art performance. Well, I just want to clarify, I didn't admit anything. I that just admit, stated, said, stated. I stated. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Crazy. Uh, 
And the art control, the first time you boot up an Intel art graphics card, will even do a check and say, hey, this isn't turned on. Try to turn it on. Yes. But it's still not the default for Intel systems. Do you have any insight into whether or not that could potentially change in the future? Well, I feel uh, like that would remove a hurdle for you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And we, we want rebar to be enabled by default. Um, and we've given that advice to our board partners again. Please turn on uh, resizable bars. Again, it's a standard feature. All of our chipsets support it. All of AMD's chipsets mm-hmm. support it. All of our CPUs support it. So, uh, I mean, past a certain generation, of course. So it goes back to we don't really um, control what ODMs do. We we merely provide technology. They do their designs and their, their software designs. But we can give them, you know, strong feedback to please turn this on, and we have. Now, you'll see a lot of the uh, motherboard manufacturers have updated their BIOSes, and you'll see now rebar is usually front and center on the front page, and it'll tell you whether you're able to turn on rebar or how to turn on rebar. It's definitely elevated up in the UI, but I would say in the next generation, you'll see most of that go away, and rebar will just be on by default. For what it's worth, I do find that little feature in our control very helpful. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of people who will buy a $250 graphics card aren't going to know that unless you Yep. It. And yep. I think it's a great consumer first decision. Thank you. That was, that. The, again, the software team seeing a problem. We we would not have known that had we not just get in the market and get some feedback. Also, by the way, I think our driver does the same thing. So if you install the driver, there should be a pop-up if rebar is not enabled. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Is that true? I think so. Or Ryan to tell us in the chat. <laughs> um, uh, a question about performance. So, so Keith has been doing monthly updates uh, for us. A great series. Go check it out. Um, and one of the things, especially in this last uh, update, that I noticed that, that, that maybe you can help kind of uh, give some insight because I, I, I help Keith, uh, you know, kind of check over the video. Uh, at 1080p performance versus versus other cards, there's you know sometimes it it it, uh, it, it depends on the game, whatever. Uh, but it, in some in some scenarios, it'll lag behind, and then when we bump up to 1440p, all of a sudden we see just this huge increase, and it just like you know could even lo- leapfrog the other cards. Like what's what's going on there? Do you think? Oh well, it it, it depends on the um, the DX and the title, of course. So. Uh, if you're talking about with a recent driver, mm-hmm. then I would expect that we've removed what I would have thought of are most of the CPU bottlenecks that were p- present in our old driver. Mm-hmm. So DX9 has still better performance on 25 by 14 versus uh, 19 by 10 compared to comp. And the reason is because we've got this horsepower inside of our design, all the compute. We did a video on, you know, with Raj and I, how much compute is available in this thing. And it's crazy, right? We, we, we have a lot more compute than we're able to take advantage of. And what's holding us back is, you know, architectural decisions inside of our driver and how does it connect to the hardware and all of that's getting improved. So what that means today is if you're running a uh, lower resolution, it's more likely that the driver will be uh, gating the performance of the hardware. Hmm. Right, because there's less work per frame for the hardware to do. At a higher resolution, there's more work per frame. So if we can get the work set up, which is done once per frame, then the GPU can just crank, 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 and we'll get closer to delivering the potential of the architecture. So I'm not surprised that you're finding uh, 25 by 14 delivering higher relative performance than 19 by 10. But at this point, both are uh, 
crushing competition at, at our price point. So, yeah. Wait, for, for quick, is is this where Gordon gets his uh, <laughs> 19 by 10 nomenclature? We, That's just the way it is. We literally have. Oh, we can't say 19 by 10. No, what do no, we say? No, they, they, what see, do you like say? The prob- so the, the problem, Tom, Tom is an old timer. What so do you he say? Gets it. He's 1080p. They, the kids don't get it. The you know, they don't, don't understand. understand like, it. I say 19 by 10. They're like, what are you talking about, Gordon? They think I'm crazy. Like, oh, it's 1080p? Yeah, no, it's it, not. Well, yeah, no, it, 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 it could be either 1080p. 19 by, no, so no, no. For, it's, it's either 1080p or 1920 by 1080. No. Because. Yes. Look, that, that's what I said. I know. You know why? Because they're all children. You're children, Tom, and you don't get it. That's the way it used God. to be. Tom, we, we literally Gordon. have we literally have a shirt in our shop that says "I game at nineteen by 10. Wow! Because people are always like, well, "What the hell does that mean?" That's is, that a, no, is that OG? Is that? A- I think it's just, it is because if you we go back to when the the primordial times of PC gaming, and that's just the way it was. I didn't if, know. If you say I'm 19, dating myself, if you say nineteen twenty by ten eighty, that is a lot of. That's just a waste. 19 by 10, you know. Well, and actually, the problem with 1080p, 1080p is even shorter. 1080p, wow. well, what if you have a wide aspect ratio that's 1080p, oh though? Yeah. You know, along so the same lines, I was actually out to see uh, uh, Steve Burke at, at Gamers Nexus, yeah. and we were talking, and he, he just in the middle of it said, he, he goes, you know, tap your OG. I'm like, <laughs> OG, I don't know. What what are, what are you talking about? I didn't know what OG was, so I was trying to I was having text in the PR guys like what the what does OG mean? And Steve has this whole video where he's basically laughing at me because I don't know what OG is. I it's hilarious. Yeah, yep. You should look it up. So, yeah, but he did he know what is that because you said nineteen by ten? I don't is know. It? I got to go back and watch it again. Yeah, that's just remember. the way it was for you youngins. Yeah. That you don't. That's the way it was. Why? Um, Falcon Northwest says a uh, six forty by four eighty. We're bringing yeah, it back. Baby. Yeah, baby. Hey, yeah. Kel. How you? Is that Kel? Oh. Kel? I think it's I think so, it's Kel. That's, that's Kel. Hey. But you hey, could my, say that six forty by forty. You could say because that's only three. That's three digits. Yeah, like that nineteen twenty ten eighty. That's just a lot of typing. <laughs> you're tired. Well, it's you, either full HD or QHD. Oh no, but that's you're talking that, TVs. Oh, this oh, is, they're talking TVs. Yeah, right? they're talking. Yeah. TV. Yeah. And like, what what do you want us to use? Vesa no, standard. Full HD is WXGA plus. Tell, plus? Tell, tell Kelt to sol- settle this. If it's Kelt or Brad, I don't know who it is, but hide it. Both of you. Can they put it in the chat? What the p- correct way to do this is? And yeah, we'll just settle it. If, if, if you have, if, ways away, we're yeah, the question is: if you have a monitor that's nineteen twenty by ten eighty, yeah. how do you reference it? Yes. that's that's how oh, you know I? I'm, I'm I'm gonna put yeah I'm gonna put a, a nineteen by ten. Yeah, uh, here's how I did it in my thing here too. Well, because the people nobody all the people today would not even understand. They wouldn't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah, all right. It's like huh. putting a serial port in your in your PowerPoint. I think. It's, they don't they don't get it. Is anybody or from Origin port. in the chat? Anybody from Origin? Is Kevin in there? Uh, no, we have Santos from Main Gear. Oh no uh, way! Wallace, how you doing, It's fun. <laughs> hey, I have a question though because you know all the talk just to, all the talk about drivers and how sort of the the rendering at higher resolutions giving you that advantage. Yeah, I'm wondering, are we at sort of the top where Arc? current generation is or there's just more it sounds like there's more optimizations that could be oh you mean out. have we have we can delivered we all, more out of it? like will a770 what? and a750 continue to get better yeah yeah fine one okay so fine we'll actually because i i do wonder because one of the things that i i think Absolutely. i said it was somewhat controversial when arc first came out i said there's potential for way more improvement. There is. Because, again, you have two mature products from AMD and mm-hmm. NVIDIA. They're not going to waste time to I, get you more. I got to say, I, I would never have it. I mean, look at these numbers. I yeah, would should never, we show one? Show one of these charts, I mean, Adam. Oh, They're yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, tell me a number. Uh, you pick one. Like, how about the one that says mm-hmm. big improvements in DX9 gaming performance, 1080p average FPS normalized, right? So what I'm talking about here 1080p is 1080p average FPS Since normalized. our launch, we've improved performance by 77% on CSGO. I mean, what? Right. 
How does that happen? You know, you, you, that only happens when the engineers really get focused, right? And when they get focused and they're like, what can we do? Right. We got to fix this. But I mean, there's just more, there's more headroom, it sounds like. There's just more that you could be squeezed out of. We know how many transistors are in an arc cart, right? Okay. And mm-hmm. I, we've made that public, right? It's around mm-hmm. the same number, I think. Brad, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to just pick a number out of my <clears throat> rear, but I'm going to say a 70 class. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if there's 70 class compute capabilities, why isn't it at a 70 class? Right. And the reason is because we have work to do. And, right. And I'm not saying that we're going to get to a 70 class. That's why we're priced at 249. We're pr- we're priced below a 60 class because of all everything I talked about. Our entry. We're 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 doing everything we can to win. Now. There's going to be more performance, although I don't want to guarantee it, Gordon. Don't, don't right. beat me up. No, you can't. Right. But I, no I, guarantees. I, I have confidence in the engineers. Okay. In the engineers we trust. Right. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just interesting because I do wonder if we sort of hit that, you've wrung everything out of it, but there sounds like there's, I don't could, think so. could potentially be more. I mean, I would, I would just point to DX11 as an example. We know that there's still performance header on DX11. Okay. I think, for what it's worth, I think as an outside reviewer, I think you guys have really been putting your money where your mouth is with these drivers. I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear that. I uh, just had a question about the DX9 gaming improvements. The, the, you guys also improved frame pacing. Mm-hmm. I switched to that new Absolutely. re-architected system. Uh, is that something that you can expect to see improved like across the board with DX9 or only in games that you guys have optimized? No, it's across the board in DX9. It, 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 okay. it just goes back to our original driver, was not uh, working the way we wanted it to work, and we didn't we didn't have the tools that we needed to dramatically rearchitect it. It took yep. you know back to the back to the drawing board a bunch of engineers working when they should have been sleeping, a bunch of you know weekends and sacrifice. And I'm happy to say they delivered. You know, and that's that's across the board for DX9. Now frame Excellent. pacing, by the way, is a topic near and dear to my heart, and uh, mm-hmm. I hope that there are you know I hope that we're not done in that space. But for, for right now, that's that's where we are. Excellent. I just wanted to ask that because obviously there's a lot of old DX9 games. You can't test them all. You see the stunning games gains in the games that you've tested. But it sounds like we can expect that across the board. Yeah, it's it's a it's a driver Excellent. update across the board. Excellent. Anybody? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another <laughs> one in. I'm talking too much. I know. <laughs> we got GDC right around the corner. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if there's. Anything we can expect from any preview we can get possibly out Ooh. of GDC expectations. And the other one is, I guess, as a follow-up to that, is how hard is it to get game developers? What's the reception been from them to a third party? They've always dealt with AMD and NVIDIA. Or how are yeah. they? They're like, are they, is there room for a third, yeah. third person? Okay, so let's cover GDC first. We have about 10 sessions that we're doing at GDC, I think, roughly, and uh, Alex and his team are working hard on the content for that. We're probably going to do a video uh, version of it this year just because of logistics and things, but there are some really cool topics in there. There's some XCSS stuff. There's some VRS stuff, um, and uh, I think overall our dev tech engagement is very, very strong, probably stronger than it's ever been, which is I think a key part of how are you successful in gaming? How are you successful in graphics? It's all about games. So if you're not doing a great job making game developers use your technology or helping them be successful, then you're not a real gaming company. Um, So looking forward, I would say, do we have a good relationship with game developers? Intel has been one of the largest engagements with game companies forever on the CPU side. And of course, we're leveraging that relationship and that infrastructure to build out our relationships on the gaming side for graphics. 
And I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we are. Do I wish we were doing more? Always. But it's just going to take years of consistent investment and consistent, you know, do APIs and make their life better. Um, seed them with hardware so that they can test their game before they launch. You know, all of these things we just have to do consistently, and, and we are. Hmm. Okay. And... Uh, and I should mention for people who know GDC is Game Developers Conference. It's basically the big conference in San Francisco for game developers. They really get hardcore into game development. There's a few uh, there's game a few developers parties so. that happen there as well. Oh yeah, have you been? No, I I'm not cool <laughs> enough to go, but uh, I'm also probably too old. Like they'd be like, what? that's a good question. Oh, you What's know, yeah, Fed I, here. The, uh, there's there's, there's the bouncer at the door, and he asks, "Hey, uh, 1080p is it? Yeah. Is it, how do you describe that?" I'm gonna try to crash some of these parties this year. You know? Really? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> too old for that anyway. Okay. It's a great conference to go to, and there's there's good good information. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? You know, what? I, I want to mention an anecdote. Uh, do you remember when AMD did a? They did a graphics launch on the Hornet. It wasn't the Nvidia yes. one. It was after that, oh. right? I think it might have been Ifinity. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like that. I think so. And I was on the uh, their their like enthusiast list because it was you know just anybody sign up and I did. And and so <laughs> by the way, you work for a green company. I did at the work time. for a green company at the time. And then they sent me an invitation to this event at the Hornet. And so I replied and said thank you. Oh, by the way, just to make sure you know, I work for this green company. And so. I got my badge. They they evidently didn't read my response, and I showed up on the boat. And I, I remember walking in, and all the press guys are like, "What what's tapped?" <laughs> and, and I walked around, saw the demos for a little while, and eventually one of the AMD guys came over and said, "Hey, you know, you really should not be here." I'm like, "I got a badge." I'm like, get, get, get. "You're an invited <laughs> guest, though." At that point, can you yeah, yeah. you didn't make them call the no, police department and, no, and no. walk? So that's you why off? I'm not going to crash any of the green guys' parties at GDC. <laughs> I've always kind of wondered. I mean, you know, because I, I I know those guys well. No, I mean, when you're there, you know, this is a classic story. This is an inside baseball thing, but this is funny. Way back in the late 90s, early 2000, probably late 90s, early 2000. So Chris Hook, a ATI at the time, uh -huh. and you had NVIDIA and uh, both companies. Had I, yes. And Chris Hook always had this idea. He says, you know, I've been trying to get them to play us hockey. You're He's kidding. Like, he wanted he his Chris Hook's theory was ATI would kick the sh uh, kick kick the <laughs> or crap the Canadian, out of NVIDIA because they're, they're Canadians. <laughs> Hockey is just gonna. Oh my god! I don't know if that was true or not. Uh, and, you know, but, definitely sounds like Chris Hook. Yeah, yeah. I but, guess it would have been fun to see this hockey game. But I no. happen to know the NVIDIA hockey team pretty well, and they are good. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're old though. Oh, yeah. But are they Canadians? No. They got that Zamboni technology. <laughs> they're old. I don't even, yeah, I don't know. If they're in the chat, can you get like some of the NVIDIA guys to come in on the hockey team? And can I, do we, I'm going to allow space, but I want to ask another GDC question, yes. developers. So like, you know, the classic game developer, they basically, their entire life is, I got to ship this or the CFO is going to come and plant a boot up my butt. Yes. So... You want me to put a new feature in my game? And the thing is for hardware vendors, as you know, hardware vendors are always about, I have a new feature, I want you to support it. How hard is it to get these developers to support new features? Just kind of in general, this is not a... Um, you as a IHV yeah. that's coming with new technology, you have to be willing to do the bulk of the work, right? And NVIDIA is very good at this. Uh, right. We are very good at this. And it's it's just awareness of where you are in their priority list. Now... Over time, you learn how to make it easier and lower risk. And uh, I, I'd say that's the real strategy. Develop SDKs, develop APIs, do it consistently, 
And I do think having more standards in this area would help everybody. I've talked to AMD about it. I've talked to NVIDIA about it. If we can just, you know, stop having all kinds of random integrations and do some kind of standardized effects integration one time, right. and it'd be even better if Microsoft would standardize it. I've, I've said this for a couple of years. Like, what we're mm-hmm. missing is a sort of a, an, an effects integration API for game developers on PC. And you don't want to have to integrate DLSS 3.0. You don't want to have to re- do Reflex. You don't want to do XESS. You don't want to do FSR. And this this tangle of interfaces is just going to get worse. Right. So what we what we need is a standardized way to do this so that game developers can have some consistency. But uh, until Microsoft really wants to make that happen, I think it's going to be difficult. Yeah, and that's hard because, you know, Microsoft, they are the the one thing that controls our, you know, our fates for the PC and they mm-hmm. could do it. Like, honestly, I think there should be an API for RGB at this point. There should be. I actually thought, X. isn't there one coming? I think there is. Oh, right? they I, just teased it. Yeah, they teased it last really? week. I yeah. was on vacation and yeah. I made a point. Man, because I remember yeah. being teased in 2018. I'm like, I've no, no, given no, no. up, No, obviously. no, I think it's happening. And do you remember back in the day? I did one. Yeah, what we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, it was, um, God, what was that? E- ESA, man. That was ESA. Yeah. ESA. Yeah. Uh, enthusiast System Architecture. You remember? Yeah, I remember because I was know? a big supporter look of it. Look it so, up. Go look so it up. So you look Dang. it up, basically, it was yeah. essentially um, USB yeah. uh, control of power supply, yep. uh, parts of your case, the all lighting. The monitors, the fans, everything. All of it controlled through Simple a, API? Through the OS. Yeah. Simple API, by the way, um, pay somebody for the- uh, yeah, Hey, no. That was, hey, no. That, was a, <laughs> that was a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, credit to a guy named Mark Overby. Uh, he spectacular system architecture. Uh, he did most of it. I, I'm just a pretty face. Well, you know, the thing is, we're there now, because except that everybody's doing their own. Asus mm-hmm. has one, MSI has yeah. one, yeah. NZXT. Everybody's got their own I little know. damn. It's silly. So, like, for... for But, of course... Like when you have a hundred different hardware vendors, it would be good to have Microsoft bring Unity to it. There's no question. There is no advantage for NVIDIA to adopt a uniform effects. Oh, oh, you think NVIDIA wouldn't do it? No, I just think if I were them, I'd be like, hell no. We've got this lead. We are going to, we're going to do new things and you're going to have to catch us. It's just a question of where do you want to, where do you think you're adding value? And, and, and I don't think NVIDIA believes that they are creating indefensible moats. So if you think about it, you're, my experience has been NVIDIA's strategy is to innovate quicker. Right. Right. It's not to create moats except for CUDA. Uh, it's not really to create moats that other people can't get around. That's why they approached us about Streamline. Right. If you think about what Streamline is, it's it's exactly the opposite of what you're talking about. It's right. it's saying, hey, let's be open about this. Now, I don't think they've quite, you know, really embraced it yet, but that's the kind of thinking that I like. I, I think it helps everybody. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think NVIDIA is not, you know, people really do want to unfairly bag in them sometimes, like kind of like wanting to keep control of it, but they're not Apple, right? They, they, <laughs> they're, they will, they will like, I mean, perfect example is G-Sync. G-Sync was like, and, and you again, it took a lot of money, it took a lot of effort to make really this target everybody reached for. Then yeah. you had a more open, so, arguably not as good version of it. Yep. And they immediately pivoted and made everybody say G-Sync compatible. No, Like that's sort of, and I would think, but you know, they want to, if you want to maintain an edge and, you know, like frame generation is what's going to keep you ahead of AMD and mm-hmm. Intel for the next four years, then... Yeah. Why would you adopt something that takes away your lead, right? I, I don't think they're going to um, accelerate the commoditization of their technology if they don't have to. But they're not going to create artificial 
barriers that no. make make adoption of the technology slower. Right. Now, G-Sync was, uh, as you know, near and dear to my heart. It started off with a hardware component because right. there was no there was no equivalent uh, ecosystem for a non-hardware approach. Right. And and as that's evolved, I think it's again back to Jensen, who's a genius. He basically just saw what was happening and shifted strategy to uh, to you know to make it work. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I, I yeah, I I just don't think it's always better to if you have a lead in something to not give it up. Yeah, so that's, for sure. That's that's the usual math that I've seen in the PC industry all this time. I, so I, I think don't... that I think that the key is to enable the PC gaming ecosystem to the benefit as so uh, again, I don't want to speculate too much about their strategy, but our strategy is to enable the ecosystem in an open way to the benefit of all of us so that PC gaming can compete against the other platforms for gaming. Right. So if we're all trying to optimize in our own world and we're pushing the plat, we're disadvantaging the platform, then we all lose. Yeah. No, I agree too, because there are, there are still competitors. PC gaming today is way more accepted than it was, you know, 20 years ago, uh -huh. 15 years ago. Yeah. But if we don't continue to innovate and move forward, yeah. then... I, I, I game on exclusively on a PC because I, I love the experience. And I love the experience because that's where all the cool new technology is. I can play my own games. I can I can do my own coding. I, I'm a I'm a geek, man. I yeah. love it. You know, desktop. <laughs> we're we're desk, That's uh, I've decided that's a shibboleth. Is we What's have a shibboleth? Is, well, it's your test. I think it's the. I only know of it because of an episode of the West Wing, but it was like, it's it's basically, <laughs> they test you, you know, you it was the, the way to know that you were, uh, in, in a, it's a test. You're in, the, you're, you're in the group. You're, you're in the group. So like if you were, if you play on a desktop, we had Raul sued from oh. Voodoo on last week and it was like. Oh, Raul, no kidding. And I was like. How is he? He's doing great. Doing I, great. I, I, he was doing the, he was doing the uh, gambling thing, right? Uh, yeah, but he's already, you know, he's already like, oh, he's already, already sold he's already on to the next thing. <laughs> but I was like, we got a little, people got a little worried. Like, are you, I had to ask him, like, do you, do you play games? What do you play games ah. on? And he said, oh, desktop. I was like, yeah, okay, just want to make sure you're one of, of us. <laughs> you're one of us. He's a good guy. Very articulate. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I always have fun seeing what he's doing. But I, you know, I just want to make sure that you're, you know, one of us, Tom. That's, I'm definitely one of you. Okay. It's the insider's knock. You play on desktop, mouse, keyboard on a, on a desktop PC. So. Wouldn't do it any other way. I have three desktop PCs in my office. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hoarding. It's not Hoarding. It's not because I want to. It's one is the Intel world. Ah, got it. <laughs> so that has to have its separate place. And then there's my normal development PC, gaming development PC. And then there's sort of, uh, uh, you know, everything else goes on my test PC. Ah, the test PCs are all the fun, is Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to ask one more question because I, I want to get, get some. I have a question about direct storage. Oh, so you know, Arc does really well on direct storage. Yes, we know for gaming decompression of textures, blah 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 transfers. Are we going to see uh, more support for direct storage outside of gaming? Because I'm wondering if we could possibly see it in applications. Uh, the one test case that I'm, I'm kind of thinking of is. I read a blog, arguably it was, it's about a five-year-old blog, but it was from one of the geniuses at Adobe behind Lightroom, mm -hmm. Lightroom Classic, and his answer for why, you know, Lightroom Classic really has issues with ex fully accelerating GPU. Yeah. It was because of data. Because of data. You, yeah. Like, you can't get the data to it fast enough, yeah. so there's no point in really sort of, of trying to accelerate Lightroom, because Lightroom, yep. a lot of it's just moving gigabytes and gigabytes of data. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if direct storage in in Lightroom Classic would. I don't it. see any reason why not. Now okay. I don't know about the details of the APIs that things are coded in, 
but I can say that our team on the Intel side has done a tremendous amount of work to make sure this algorithm works well on Arc GPUs. Okay. And it, it does do punches way above its weight. It's one of the best uh, GPUs for direct storage. And direct storage, I think, the, the idea of how do you read from a disk and then get it into GPU memory quickly, that that need exists on many applications. So it's not just Adobe, but think about deep learning. Right. If you're if you're going to do deep learning, one of the major problems is reading data from disk and then pulling it into GPU memory or reading it from system memory, pulling it into GPU memory. So all of that um, data movement is I, I wrap it up into direct storage. And how can how can we do a better job at uh, making efficient data movement easier? Hmm. I mean, it'd just be cool to see it elsewhere, even yeah. though it's a direct, you know, so gaming. Yeah. But for cool. sure, for sure. I don't see any reason why not. Maybe somebody in the chat knows. Ask Ryan if we can do that. I think we can. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been holding on to a bunch of chat questions, but Brad, uh, Keith, do you have any questions you want to get to? You go right ahead. Uh, right. I asked my questions, and Gordon actually asked for the questions I was going to ask. <laughs> oh, that direct storage one, which I thought was a great question. And it was a else. great question. <laughs> Keith, Keith, you got any you, you want to sneak in here? I think, I think the only thing I've got left, I got two. I got two questions Go left it. in here that, that have been hit. Uh, first question is uh, custom fan control in our control center, but it's, uh, I've had quite a few people reach out to me to ask about that one because there's apparently a way you can run a script to do it now, and it works great, and they love it, and they're like, please make it native. And the other one is something that I've been actually meaning to look at soon is VR on ARC. So. Okay. It's, a two, it's two questions. So Excellent questions. That's all I got left. Uh, thank you very much for those questions. Great. First, let's talk about our control, fan control, and in general, our strategy for third-party applications. So if you think about it, our GPU has a bunch of hardware, you know, fans, lights, all the rest of that. It has temperature sensors, power sensors, a whole bunch of stuff. Now, we did an API called Control Library that's public. So if you go to the, you know, search for Control Library Arc, you'll find a GitHub repository with all of the uh, technical information about how to code an application that uses control library. Arc Control is one application that does that. Okay, so all the features of Arc Control are expressed primarily through Control API. So it's kind of cool because we're, we're sort of saying, here's our version of the API, our version of the UI, it's called Arc Control. But if you guys want to go do something, go for it. And there's been guys that have written, like uh, I think it was Shimino who, who came out with an overclocking application. Was, it, was that right, Brad? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah. And uh, I think you see the same thing happening with fan control, and that's all part of our enablement, right? We want to be open. Anybody that wants to develop an application could and should. However, our control is uh, a little bit different, right? It's our it's our portal into the graphics card for people that are less technically sophisticated. So we have to make sure that things that are happening in our control are under control, high quality, no bugs, you know, make it a great experience. And that's what's uh, making the technology adoption a little bit slower in Arc Control than it, sh than it should be or that it is for the API. But um, again, without speaking about future features of Arc Control, if you look at that API, you'll see a bunch of stuff. And all of that stuff is candidate for Arc Control. Okay. Now, the second question was... VR. You just gave me VR. Work, I hate you. What's that? You just gave me uh, homework, I think. Yeah, go look at I our control. Like and it's actually... <laughs> I'm sitting here making notes, like, yeah, go look into... I think into there's it. actually some sample apps out there in the repository as well. So we've made it super simple to go play with it. And I strongly advise you to do that. I think there's a feature in there that we haven't even talked about yet. So 
Get in there and snoop around a little bit. Mm, yeah. Snoopy, snoopy. Yeah, snoop around. Um, the, the, the last question was about VR. So I, I we do support VR, but I got to say, uh, don't buy ARC cards right now for VR. Okay. Okay, because there are there is still work to be done to make VR as good as we expect it to be. And there's it, VR is kind of a, a complex uh, process. It requires a bunch of engineering, and we're not totally satisfied with where we are right now, and I would not recommend it at this point. Wow. Look at that. The, Very okay. open. Play that back. What? 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 <laughs> I just, that is, that the, I'm just thinking, and somebody's going to like, they should say, no, don't, don't say that. Just say, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's got work very, to do. It's, it's very important to, to us. It is VR, important to but, us. Uh, no, then, but that's the point is it is important to yeah. us. And I, 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 and we are going to make it better, but, but, um, I mean, if I were Intel's shareholder, I'd be like, no, 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 no. no. Like I know <laughs> the people involved here. We gotta yeah, be, we gotta be, we gotta be yeah, straight. No, right? right. Right. And this is, this is an area that we're not happy with that okay. we have more work to do. on. Very honest. I'm just, you know, it's just, it's, sorry, it just always is a shock, you know, because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm used to the, the two steps. Gordon's fainted. You, know, you, you kind of like, <laughs> going to sidestep that one. Boy, it sure is nice weather we're having, huh? <laughs> I could sidestep that one, right? No, I, you know, I, I appreciate the, I that. The, I do appreciate that. Uh, I have that, that. technology. <laughs> is it, do you think, I mean, to me, though, as somebody who I, I always have to point out, I paid $1,000 for Valve Index. Probably my kids have used it thirty hours versus three thousand hours in their desktops. Is is it going anywhere? VR is we... is always. I think this is our third time going through VR cycles. I think yeah. right there was there was one really early that was really bad. Um, then this the the last one before like the original Oculus was bad, and Vive was a little bit better, but still not great. And then uh, I guess now the new mobile one. I haven't really spent a lot of time with the new one that's not, not got the tethered. Yeah, I hear it's better. But but at the end of the day, eventually, <laughs> eventually it'll be good, right? But I just don't I don't think we're quite there yet. Okay. Um. But I I have tried you know I've tried VR many I've tried all the cycles. This is the best it's ever been. But I would not spend a full day in the VR experience. Yeah, and that's yeah that's that's ultimately where you got to go. Yeah. Right? Is is my work experience better because I can have a VR? And it's not. But but it. Will Definitely be. not for work. It yeah. will be. No, I do agree. It's it's the promise is there, but it's yeah. it's a hell of a long road. It so. is, and I think there's a lot of technologies that are coming that are going to make it better. Uh, Multi reprojection is a great um, thing that's going to help that. And um, what is that again? It's almost like rendering multiple scenes uh, from the correct position, so there's no warping and there's no like distortion. It's it's actually rendered as you would see it, looking in different directions. Um, so eye tracking. You know, all of these things that are trying to address some of the things that are causing nausea, causing right. like uh, you to feel like you're not connected to the world. But do you, I mean, as somebody, you know, somebody's got the money, they're put, putting out m money for development budgets. I don't imagine everybody's putting the amount of money they were into VR that they were, say, six, seven years ago. I when don't it was... know. I okay. suspect you're right. Just, but okay. uh, but for me right now or for us right now, the priority is straightforward gaming. Right. Like, DX9, DX11, DX12, Vulcan, all titles, Day Zero drivers, get better, get better, get better, and then get to Battle Mage. And so VR is in that mix, but it's just not the top tick. Right. Okay. Cool. Any, uh, uh, I, I, got, I got some uh, from from our friends of the show. Uh, there's a couple of our on Discord I, I want to get to first. Uh, uh, this this one's from Borea Zero. It's uh, 
framed in a, in a specific way, but I think you'll get the question. <laughs> uh, with the latest driver improvements, Arc is no longer a prototype, but a viable product. Uh, do you think Battle Mage will be competitive enough for you to grab some market share? If so, will you try to screw us over with celestial pricing like NVIDIA is trying with Lovelace, or will you wait till Druid? <laughs> wow. That's so such a presumptive uh, oh. conclusion there. I would say that... Um, I do think that we are ready for prime time now. And if you're looking for a new graphics card, I think that Arc is a great solution for you for DX9, DX11, DX12, Vulcan. And it's got fancy LEDs and it's at a great price. So yes, is my first answer. <laughs> Second, um, is Battle Mage going to be better? I absolutely expect so. It's a new technology. It's a new architecture. We fixed some known bugs that are, let's call it architecture bugs, things that had we had we already had our first generation, we wouldn't have done. But, you know, you think about how much we have learned this generation, right? It's so fertile, so many, so many things to learn. And all of that has been pushed into, into Battle Mage. So you'll see better scaling on DX12. You'll see, you know, better ray tracing, things that you would expect us to do as we move forward on a discrete uh, GPU cadence. And, uh, of course, um, going forward into Celestial, there's, constant innovation the good news is intel can afford and has decided to be good at graphics and that's that's why i'm there and that, that's why it's exciting and um now pricing is a separate question pricing is the market is going to determine pricing right we can we can you know we can control our cost to some degree but how good are we how much value are we determined by how 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 much benefit are we providing gamers is what's going to determine our price. And, and of course that's relative to competition. So I look at it as Intel is not going to screw anybody over with pricing. Pricing, pricing is the, it's the result. It's not the, uh, it's not the lever. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. I've always seen it as a lever. One well, big well, ass gigantic you, lever. You can think of it as a lever, but why is it? <laughs> I mean, the truth is why is NVIDIA charging what they're charging for their prices? I, you know, I think there's, let me ask it a different way. If they didn't sell them, would they lower prices? Yes. Okay. So why are they charging what they are charging for their- Because people are paying for because it. Because they can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's still there's still increased price of you know fab and yeah. memory. Well, again, and I would separate stuff, cost. You should yeah. say in your mind. I, yeah. I would separate cost from price. Yeah. Right? Your job as a, as a business is to hopefully make price higher than cost. Yes. And the degree that you're able to do that is the hopefully the benefit that you're delivering to gamers. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think it's very polarizing, too, because a lot of people are obviously not happy with where the current pricing of new generation cards are yeah. from actually either of your competitors. Yeah. At the same time, they are for profit companies. Absolutely. And they are not here to not make profit. So yeah. I, I don't. But again, my, I will say just don't buy it then. Please don't exactly. buy it because that's, exactly. that's what makes things go south, right? If so. you're not happy with the value you're getting from something, then I strongly recommend you don't do it. Yeah. And I, I and you know what happens is people yeah. go like, they'll go like, oh my God, these prices are crazy. I'm so angry. Oh, I'm going to buy one anyway. So you know what? What's like, weird okay. is I've, I've been thinking about this a little bit, Gordon. I, I think, and this is going to um, sound weird, but I think NVIDIA has uniquely difficult problem right now where they're perceived to be gouging somehow yes right now if you look at mercedes they're charging whatever they're charging for their high-end card or for their high-end car but yet nobody perceives them as gouging if you look at ferrari they're charging whatever they're charging for their high-end car right but nobody perceives them as so what has gone wrong for nvidia i don't know i 
Yeah, because it's it's always been viewed as a commodity product. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you get to like luxury. Yeah. But the weird thing is like we went through three years of no cards. A 4090 is a luxury product. Right. That clearly has always been a luxury yeah. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason now it's like the only thing you buy because like the perceived value of everything else is just too high. It feels yeah. like, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, it's it's a hard for I'm, I'm still thinking about it. How do you even solve it? Like from their point of view, the only it feels like the only way to solve it is obviously lower prices. We're talking about the green guys. The green guys. Oh yeah, I, I can't I can't solve their problems. And I, I don't. <laughs> but then, you know, at the same time, you can try. I can't solve their problems. <laughs> you know, the only thing that matters though is like yeah, the perception by the community. It's not good if you view it as gouging. Yeah, price gouging. It's not great. But when you look at the you look at the the stock and you look at the the profits then you know what the people who give you the money to make all these wonderful toys that's what they care about so that's it's, it's an interesting dilemma do you think <laughs> i'm gonna ask you like i sorry I'm, i i'm just thinking i really like the price of the 249 talked about uh god bless you bro. like the uh it, it amazes me. You guys must be eating money on that card. That's a good card for two forty nine. That's it's a, a great card for two forty nine. And and again, it, it all goes back to we have to prove to the world and and our gamers and reviewers and our our, our partners that we can compete on a level that it's going to take to be successful. And that's exactly what that price is all about. I have a controversial question. You both <laughs> review GPUs. I don't review GPUs. I do CPUs. Okay. The review cycle came out in what November? That's when. Yeah. So the, everybody reviewed a seven seventy yeah, when it came October, out. October November. October yeah. November. Traditionally, for reviewers, you never go back and review a product. You know, Arc it feels like is such a different place it because is. it came out very immature. It's got its legs under it. It's moving now. Is it actually worth? outlets re-reviewing that because that's something like all reviewers never go i'm never going to review yeah. something again but is it something where would you support i mean would i you am say supporting people, it okay. yeah i mean uh, uh, here i am everybody do more work brad well, actually, yeah. yeah do more work it's, it's funny uh, on the flip side we, we've gotten comments on on keith's monthly update videos being like wait why are you why are you giving them special attention uh, how you know oh, what like okay. why, why are you why are you you wouldn't you wouldn't do this for nvidia and amd why, why are you giving intel special attention yeah why, why are keith? you yes yeah keith what's up with that yeah keith so i have a list of things to do that i'm given by adam <laughs> <laughs> it's adam's fault and i, 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 and I do those no um <laughs> Honestly, it's something that I, I do enjoy doing and there for a while. And you can look at the history of like what I've done is as new major titles come out, I'll revisit those with graphics cards because I do believe I personally believe that it is an ever evolving. Uh, it's a sliding scale, right? So every somebody's asking, why am I wearing blue? It's because I've got uh Soccer practice. But because as new games come out, things change, right? And a, and a review is a good snapshot in time at the time that it launches. So things do change over time. And you can get a good idea when the next cycle launches because not everybody is buying the newest new. They want to see how the newest new is versus the last new. So the previous generation, and that's usually when they get an idea of where things stand. So they have to wait that long. I like the idea of revisiting. I just find it easier to do typically on a 
game by game basis than re-reviewing constantly. Yeah, yeah I'm not um, but so. but with this with the Intel one that I've been running, it has been well, it's been one card, so it's not like I'm re-reviewing six different graphics cards every month. It's hey, new major drivers have come out. Let's see what kind of um advancements are made. Let's see if these claims are there. You know, they're there. This is something new. Uh, not just a new architecture from an existing company, but this is very new. So there's, to me, there's been value in doing that regularly. Is it something I wish I could do for everything every month? Like, yeah, it is, but there is a time component. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and, and, and I'll say at least for my end and why I, I like uh, cracking the whip and make, making Keith do it because <laughs> uh, yeah, the, this is this is something new. I mean, this is akin to you know if uh, if another major company came in and you know dropped a, a new GPU like so it's like yes, it is different than what we do for AMD and Nvidia, but it's because it's it's the same thing that has happened. It's usually you know a new generation updates, sure whatnot, but this is a an interesting point in time in history. Uh, so you know, and seeing the the growth pattern for a number of months has been very very interesting it's, at least for me. It's a crazy time. I mean, there are, there are a few companies in the world that would try to do this kind of thing because this is the scope of what we're doing is absolutely immense. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the progress that we're making. So I appreciate the testing. I really do. And right now we're doing another round of seating. I'm, we're going around the world saying, hey, if you guys have not seen A750, here you go. We're, we're, we're seating more broadly, more geographic uh, diversity, because now we have supply in more areas of the world. So this is a, think of it as we're bootstrapping, right? We, uh, we, you know, the analogy where we took, we took off and now we're like, wait a second, don't we, did, did anybody get a rudder? You know, let's get the rudder on there. Right. And, uh, you know, get the, Hey, we're going to need wheels. Right. <laughs> so we're doing all that stuff. Well, uh, go ahead. No, 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 go. I was going to ask why was the, you know, cause I know the card launched. It was hard to find on shelves. Can you say anything about why it was so hard to find it? It's hard. It, it was, a lot of people yeah. said like, Oh, they're clearly only making 10 cards and that's it. That was the, yeah, you know. Not true. We did not make 10 cards. Okay. We made a lot. Um, but it's it's just this, um, it's a global supply chain. Okay. And, you know, we manufacture cars. I believe it's in Malaysia. And then they transport across the world to a, a hub in Miami and a, a hub in Germany and a hub in England and a hub in the Far East. And then they go into retail and e-tail distribution. And all of that time, we're ramping the, the, the line to build more cards. So it's, it's like this whole, you know, nobody's going to carry a card that they can't get inventory for. And you have to build inventory and distribute it around the world before it'll show up in shelves. So with all that known, when do you launch? Do you launch like when you have distributed already a hundred thousand cards or is it like, do you launch when you're starting to make them? I mean, when do you do it? So it's a, it's a balance and it's, it's all about readiness and, review cycles and trying to uh, uh, time availability to align with ramping demand caused by a press cycle. Okay. Very difficult to get right. And uh, it's, uh, it's incredibly difficult for companies that have inventory. So if you have inventory in the channel and you launch a new thing, this whole, like, how do you kind of blend across multiple generations? It's horrible. I was going to say an art form, but no, it's probably more like... Yeah, I, I know a guy who's lost all of his hair. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just got a super chat in from front of the show, VC Jester, $5. Thank you so much. Said, uh, do you... Um, 
Do you, are you going to use AI to help lay out logic gates for best efficiency and performance when designing a chip? Mm. Uh, well, I do not know because that's a little bit out of my direct uh, bailiwick. However, I will say that there's it's it, it would be shocking if we didn't. I know right now Intel is undergoing an effort to look at all of our business processes and all of our engineering processes, understanding how does AI uh, disrupt that because it, it will. And and if your cadence or if your say synopsis. I suspect all of their next generation tools are going to be based on AI. So even if we didn't do it directly, the vendors that provide the EDA tools that we use for sure will. There's no question. No question. All right. Uh, I got a couple more here. Um, A friend of the show, Flash Photo, asked a a while ago, will we get dual chip A770 cards? I do not expect that to be the case. Okay. Well. <laughs> I picked up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, a friend of the show, Falcon Northwest, uh, asked, um, "What are your thoughts on the 16-pin power cables for future GPUs?" Oh, Jesus, Kel Reeves, love that guy. Unless that's Brad, in which case I love him too. But uh, I think that the power connector needs to improve over time, right? Because you know those big clunky eight pins—they're just they're, they're not right. needed and there, and there's more elegant solutions. Now is a, is the current cable like is, the, you know, cable gate and all that, is that the right cable to, to lean into or not? I don't know if there was ever a conclusive result of cable gate. Was there? Uh, I think generally people have decided you're, you're holding it wrong and you're just not simply you're not inserting, inserting it correctly. And I think, yeah. I really think that was the final outcome because immediately after, you know, it was proven by many people to be, not like cable was certainly capable of happening. The connector is able to, and then you know Steve Gamers Nexus. By the way, go look at that video. Like and subscribe. yeah, he did a good like he did a good right? yeah. good did a good breakdown. He basically poured water over all the conspiracy theories and screaming and hair pulling. Yeah, and then ever since that, honestly, following it, even some of the ones that have been reported as melted, you can clearly see that misalignment. They did. Yeah. They basically are not pushing it in and locking. It yeah, in place. but it could be so. that the cable is too hard to push in. Yes, part of it is like right. so. Like I think uh-huh. it's that the the sense pins are yeah. making it hard. The friction, but, and it's also we're moving away from a connector that we've been using for fifteen, Forever. eighteen years now. Yeah. So you're going to something smaller. It doesn't have that. It does click because I've been when I've been on my cards. I'm yeah. like I listen. I can hear it click. It depends on the cable though too. So it, I've, I've had some cables click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, probably depends on the vendor. So yeah. it I'll, could be I, I, physically I'll, a little beefier. I want to speculate a little bit on this. Yeah. That that's not as good as it has. It's not as good. It's not the end. No. Right. Because if it's not the end, what would be better? Right. And what would be better is actually if the PC motherboard spec changed. I know some guys who do this. Huh. So imagine if the motherboard changes and that instead of on the top, the power connector oh. is a fin on the bottom. Oh, you mean so you plug it in on the bottom and you would plug other it's things on the back? Oh, a slot. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Huh. Wait, for power? Well, I mean, I'm not saying we're doing this. I just think it's an obvious idea. But imagine there was like this. Yeah. Oh, so you put the. But actually, the same connector on the bottom, no, or no, simply no, it's a, a, another slot. A slot. Oh. Right? That would be better, right? Because because you could have a fin of power. You could have a like a block of copper. It could be, and I guess the interesting. Although, wouldn't that be a problem? Because so, if you're plugging that into a board, yeah. Um, and the motherboard. If so, like let's say you have this card. Say you have a mid-range card, and you obviously, if it's a single fin. 
It would have to be the same for every card. It'd be a standard. It'd be a standard. But it, then every single, you couldn't have little runty cards. It feels you could. like. It's just with, like this guy, you have runt versions of this thing. Yeah, right? but you I. Have a by eights, you have you have PCIe by ones, you have by eights. Why not a PCIe 32 plus power? Well, interesting, you know, because Apple tried that. They Did actually, they? they actually, Apple, and the weirdest thing when they made x86 Max and they had their, you know, the big silver towers. Right, right. If you actually pull out one of those early video cards, they run power through the motherboard. I see. They're smart guys. I, they probably have a patent on it, so they probably say, "By the way, everybody, <laughs> PC fans, that one I, you could take I'm that not, one." So I don't want to. I don't want to over predict because we're not doing it right. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not our plan. But it would be better. And, and the reason I'm saying it would be better is because this is not great. No. And the 12 pin is not great. So I don't think we're done. No, I, I think the only problem is we're the the problem is we now have 12, six, 12 16. Yeah. That's going to be with us for ten years. So we're looking like, it feels like, uh, yeah, maybe in 2033, maybe, we maybe. can make another move. Yeah. Everybody's going to be, oh my God, I just made this move again. Yeah. Everyone should rally and behind Tom. The, the issue <laughs> is- you. He's got the ideas. Thank you. So Thank the you. way <laughs> the most the way people are about touching their motherboard is yes. don't touch your motherboard. No, I, I it's I like a dog it. with a bone. This You're going to change my ATX motherboard? This is, this is like something that a big company that makes both CPUs and GPUs and motherboards would need to do. It, it would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I just have, I've seen the resistance- I, do you know who made ATX? Yes, yes. Yeah, I fought that battle. Do you know who I, made? You know I've who, died on that you know hill who made many e ATX? times. Yes. How about ITX? The, yeah, ITX was. How about micro ATX? God, wait, who made? Wait, shuttle made. Who made <laughs> ITX? Was it not us? No, I, 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 ITX was wait, shuttle. Were we? Were we micro ATX? You were micro. Okay. So Intel was micro ATX, EATX. Yeah, there was WTX, which died rapidly. And then, of and course, did Shuttle ETX. really do ITX? I think I'd be shocked because, well, can somebody Google that for us? ITX <laughs> is not. Well, I think it was adopted by Intel. Somebody should ah. check. I don't think that was actually Intel. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Well, it is real, but okay. it was sort of adopted and okay. then sort of standardized. Wow, I want to know. And then know. AMD actually did DTX because, like, oh, we can't. We got to do our own thing. That one was <clears> DTX. <throat> it was like it was like ah. ITX. It addressed some of the weaknesses of ITX, and then because of market share, I see. It, because it, it yeah. sank under the water. November of the 2001, via technology. Yeah. No via, way. That's in. Yeah. Richard Brown, collect that oh, money. Yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected. But stand corrected. I mean, almost, but the thing is, what made it was everybody Intel supporting it, everybody supporting yeah. it. So that's. Well, I digress. But I, but I, I digress. I get you four factors. <laughs> four factors are one of the things people just don't want to give up, is yeah. what I'm saying. And I don't understand why. I would love to see something I, like be, that. But. So I would be curious what uh, Falcon and uh, Main Gear say in the chat. Would they do it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they want more power running through the motherboards. Uh, yes. I think I think actually Wallace even proposed this at one point. Well, well they, have, pro- the, yeah. they yeah. have the backwards plugs, yeah. which are cool. But I think... I'd also like it back here. Right? That's another idea. Well, it is, depends on how long the card is. If it's yeah. a 10, 10 inch card, right? back here back would be better. You know, but see, the thing is, this comes back to revolutionary designs and evolutionary designs. Yeah. Honestly, I think like if I had to do it again and say a 16 pin never existed, they should have just done it on the same pitch. Uh, like so, if you'd done the same connector, oh, saying, think how big that would be. Well, but say you did like a 10 pin connector, but now you've made it so you can provision the full yeah 900 watts through it. Yeah. Right. I so, don't know. Th- I know. I know the guys involved, and I know that they did their best. Yeah, but but I, I don't like it. No, I I think it's <laughs> yeah, and it didn't. I think also a lot of there was, should have been some community preparation because yeah. a lot of that. Are was you seeing? The, are you seeing power supplies do it now? 
Yeah, yeah. they're all native, and that's yeah. why it's not going. You're not going to displace that okay. with anything for. Right. It'll be, if you got some OEMs to do it, maybe. Yeah, but that it's no, like no, BTX. No. All right, it's just not so going to. Dreams come and they go, Gordon. <laughs> you crushed my dream. Yeah. I've been trying to kill ATX for like five years now, and I can't crush my dream. Last People time I like, came on your show. <laughs> oh man! Uh, speaking of, uh, you broke my dream. Geez, speaking of uh, crushing dreams, I, I've had a poll going for forty-five minutes on how to ah. describe nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Uh, it has received three hundred and seventy-four votes okay. as of right now. So that's credible. Fifty-eight uh, percent uh, of the people say ten eighty p. Whatever uh, you yeah. and your skinny Kids. pants. Twenty-one percent say doesn't matter. Get off my lawn. Twelve percent say FHD, so full HD. ten oh. percent say nineteen by ten. Are you kidding? Ten percent. So the, yeah, out of the four options, oh it's the lowest. Oh my god! One. And if you actually, there's no, actually demographics the included, and nineteen by ten is everybody over. I don't know, forty-five. Oh, it just oh, dropped down to nine percent. Oh, oh, literally just. Dropped down to 9%. <laughs> this feels like the principal Skinner oh, meme. Bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, uh, you know. Right, if, thanks if, for that. If we're gonna end your run thanks on the full nerd here, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I was just kidding. I'll be back. I'll be back. If you'll, if you'll have me, Gordon. Oh, definitely. I I think there's. I mean, again, this is uh, this has been about. Do we have any more questions? I've been sort of bogarting the mic here, and no. Oh. Everybody, oh, wants to to Everybody uh, wants to get to lunch. Everybody wants to get to lunch. Yeah, yeah. Adam, any last time. last minute? I did see yeah. something earlier. What's up with Ark and Mobile? We saw where it's. We did, I guess mobile. it did launch. Yeah, right? it did yeah, launch. We, Actually, did it launch first. Yeah, yeah. It first. And we've got <laughs> seven seven thirty. What's our mobile lineup right now? They they've all got slightly different numbers. Okay, but they're all out. Okay, so they're out. There's a five twelve. There's a one twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Do you got any more cleanup questions? Any? This no. is it. Again, this is you, the fact that Tom is sitting here is answering questions unfiltered. Hopefully, he doesn't get any angry messages uh, from. You know, I haven't checked the text. Let me see. An how angry doing. message from boss is okay, but it's when his boss's boss's boss. You know what? It's, like, it's oh. been a good run. You know, <laughs> that's bad. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll let you know if I'm unemployed. Friend, friend of the friend of the show, uh, VC Jester asks: uh, Ask when we quit saying IBM compatible. Ooh, I don't think we say that anymore. No, nobody says that anymore. Although I still maintain PC is uppercase PC. When because I always like I get into this infinite loop arguments with Mac people because they will say, "Well, the Mac is a PC." Well, no, it's not a PC because how could it be? How could you say you're so much better than PC? If you are a PC, I it's see. like I see. You it's can't like God yourself. making that rock lifting, you know, yeah, that I, whole I thing. Get it. You can't compare yourself to the thing you're calling a PC. Yeah, PC is. You are PC. <laughs> I mean, I I almost it's interesting because like as we see more ARM like designs out there, are those PCs? Anybody? I don't. I don't know. I think I, the, the line between so. say tablet and low end notebook and PC is definitely becoming a continuum. Less yep. discreteness in there. Yeah, but I think when you go to the average person and they say PC, I can't run this copy of Intuit I pirated ten years ago, yeah. and it's not a PC. It's kind of like this weird yes. place, and yes. that means x86 and Windows. So. Thank God, uh, I agree with you. And I don't <laughs> mean I'm saying pirated, but I'm saying those are the people who would then go like, I can't run this program. Yeah, from it's garbage. Twenty totally. years ago, so totally true. But. Totally true. So what I'm getting from all this is we should instead be asking VC Jester when he's going to stop saying IBM compatible. Yes, IBM. yes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm checking my mail right now. I do not appear to be fired yet. Okay, that's good. Yep. That is call it a win. Call yes, it a win. that is called a win. Do we, are we, are we ready to take <laughs> we're, it out we're or are we? We're, let's get out of here. 
Oh, okay, this has been a blast. Thanks for coming by. Gordon, it's always great to Love be it. here. Let's take this out. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a review. Every time you do, an OG, like Tom says, 19 <laughs> by 10 to describe the resolution of a monitor, which is what it means for people who know. Say questions and comments <laughs> to the fullnerd.pcworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Adios, y'all, and thank you, Tom. Thanks, Brad. Keith May. Bye-bye. Tom Peterson. Bye-bye, guys. And in uh, and Patrick Murray's going to hit the L switch. Got a little off. Uh, thank you, thank you, Tom. Uh, it's a, always a pleasure having you. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for participating and having your your awesome questions. Uh, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Nineteen by ten. It's easy. <laughs> FHD. I should change nine percent of the people say nineteen. I should change it.